Hello. In this episode, I want to talk about the psychology of American capitalism. Before I get started, though, you might want to explore this further in a book I wrote about it. And it is doing quite well, especially the audio edition around the world. But the question I want to address is, is there certain factors about American culture and our economic system that with every human is put in our environment, how must he take this environment psychologically? What kind of adjustments does he have to make? And what effect does our values here have on the psychology of each individual American? I think it all starts out with that our national belief that to get ahead you have to beat somebody else. We're very low on cooperation here. (coughs) And also a very strong factor is the fact that we believe people have to make it mainly on their own here. And that is why we have very little social welfare programs. And also that is why here in America we have high rates of mental illness, as does Great Britain. And our cultures are very similar in comparison to continental Europe, whose incidence of mental illness are much lower. It has to have to do with the fact that in continental Europe, they have stronger welfare programs for all economic classes and so therefore the people feel less competition there's less dog eat dog they don't feel like if they don't make it they're going to fall through the cracks but in American Britain we don't have that idea and even more intensely in America That is why that during the coronavirus crisis um, that started in 2020 when it really required an un-American type of cooperation. It entailed a high degree of rationalism to deal with the problem and our culture does, does does just not like extreme rationalism. So that set our culture to a sort of cognitive dissidence where we had the belief that we don't want that kind of thinking to continue because if it was, then different classes of people, sort of like in the 1970s, would would ask for more rights, economic rights, uh, social rights. And we just saw a manifestation of that all of all of that in the South, particularly when people refused to wear masks and the other things that were necessary to fight the virus. It's just that whole attitude in America where we only take rationalism up to a certain point. And it really isn't enough to solve many of our problems. Because if you get down to rationalism completely and you deal with property rights and business rights, 
the ultimate question becomes, why does one person own property and other people don't? I mean, that's where rationalism ultimately has to go. And we have to, we have to truncate it. We have to stop the, the reasonableness from going too far. And it's called the American way, I guess. So that is what a human being has to deal with as he negotiates the American economy. And to go along with all that is additional factor of the group pressure to conform to just these American ways. Even though it may be seen as injustices, there is great pressure not to talk about it. We saw that particularly well with the rise of Reaganism, or in the late 1970s when America said, well, this Jimmy Carter rationalism, this um, drain the swamp, uh, you know, get rid of the crooked politicians like Richard Nixon and, and others, we saw that Americans did not want that. They did not want their president, and Jimmy Carter is now in hospice care, I feel sympathy for him, but they did not want their president to carry his bags to Air Force One or a micromanage like Jimmy Carter was accused of in the White House. And Jimmy Carter was for human rights and uh, that just became too rational because Ronald Reagan would come around, would turn around and get involved in enterprises in Central America and, and other places funding resistance groups that were really a throwback to the Vietnam War. Um, and it meant very little cultural, cultural resistance. You even had Sam Donaldson of ABC News, uh, he had us to be a liberal, saying that you may not agree with Ronald Reagan, but you've got to believe that he was a great communicator. So that's how far it was had gone. And even in, the, in 1981, early, when Ronald Reagan wanted a tax cut, the Democratic Congress, led by the liberal Tip O'Neill, went along with it. And so the Reagan, I believe the tax rate at that time was divided into two rates. I think it was uh, maybe 28% was the highest, might have been the, the highest rate, going down from 71% in, 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 in uh, Carter's administration. But the fact was, and liberals decried that, Dan Rather got on TV and told us to have courage every night after his broadcast, but so liberals decried that, but the fact was, even when the high tax rate was 71% to the 60s, there was not enough money going for social programs. So uh, there might have been lower tax rates, but uh, the money was not going to welfare programs. So that's the factor. <clears throat> you have to have an American in his mind has to navigate this. He wants to get along with everybody, but he can't stand up for his own rights like such perhaps Europeans do because 
he would say everybody believes in the strong economic culture where you have to make it on your own. <clears throat> but the trouble with all this is where are we going? Because there was a recent survey that <clears throat> even in so-called socialist Europe, it, it is easier for a citizen of Europe to rise from the economic bottom to the top than it is in America. And that is supposed to be our our uh, source of pride here because we believe that anybody can be rich. And just that whole attitude <clears throat> in our culture really inhibits us from a dealing, addressing important social problems. Because we believe that uh, if you wanted to really improve your life, it's all in yourself. You could be a millionaire if you really wanted to. But that cannot happen. Just for economic reasons. Because if everybody had a million dollars, a loaf of bread would cost $50. So it'd be, it's ridiculous. I used to use the example of Brian Williams before he got into his unfortunate situations. I, I like him and I feel sorry for him at NBC News, but I used to think, can everybody be the anchor at NBC Evening News? No, there's just one position there. So to tell everybody they can be the business owner, for example, or it is just ridiculous. But when you have an economy where there can just be one business owner and other support staff, and that is an existential reality. You can't come out and say, everybody can be that entrepreneur. But my main point is, you have to have those uh, the support staff taken care of because of the realities. And so the American mind, the psychology of us, we face that fact that our culture keeps on telling us that where we're at is because of our fault. And uh, if you really wanted to be rich, you could. But see, and the trouble with that is that that can't ever happen, plus it keeps us, as I, as I just mentioned, from dealing with important realities. If we deal with these realities, we could see that, okay, everybody can't be the President of the United States at the same time. So let's uh, have plans to take care of the people that are the support staff. And they can't be feeling bad because they are not the business owner, and that's what our culture will do. Same with celebrities. Uh, our culture is obsessed with celebrities, and the whole point of that is to tell people, well, if you were just doing everything right, you'd be a big celebrity and you would have nothing to worry about. But that'd be difficult because if everybody's a movie actor, there'd be nobody in the audiences, in the theaters. except for maybe some narcissistic, narcissistic actors out there. So these are some of the problems that 
that America faces in our economy. And my whole purpose of my books and my podcasts and other things I do is perhaps get Americans to realize these realities and, and we can look at dealing with providing an excellent quality of life for all Americans. And that can't be done if we continue to exist under the false premises of our of our culture. But thank you, that's it. Bye.